Horn Studio connected by AT&T. Welcome to Between the Horns. It is September 27th. It is Wednesday. It's about 11.20 in the morning here in Los Angeles. Nice. And the Rams are 2-1 and one after a pretty crazy win last week on Thursday night over the San Francisco 49ers. Big smile. Like wins. Wins yeah. are good. Hate yeah. losses. Don't you hate losing weeks? Yes. Yes. Depressing. Don't want to go outside. Yeah. I mean, when you win, you should want to be the opposite. Go out Seems and have like some fun. like the, the, you know, everything is cloudy and gray. Yeah. Even in L.A., you know, you, you know, when things lose, it's like, oh, man. But now, I mean, like, this is, this is wild. I man. walked in the building. Everybody's smiling. Yeah, I like it. Did. And they don't know why. You know why? Because you won. And you, you have a winning record. That's yeah. why you're smiling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, can you recall a game being that wild before? No, because that was a really, really wild game. Cal Stanford. I mean, I mean, there's there's been wild games before, and look, the the Rams helped make it wild. Or San Francisco did a good job taking the ball away on special teams. Yeah. Uh, outside of the the Tavon dropped uh, when he just dropped the punt, uh, the hit on Farrell Cooper. Good shot. Ball came right out. That was a good play. Put them back in, and the onside kick. You have to give them credit. Um, as soon as that ball was in the air and where it was placed. My first thought was, that's trouble. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I, I said the same yeah. thing. I said, oh, no. Oh, because yeah. that thing trouble. went right off the ground, went right up, and yep. it went right to where teams want that thing to go if you're trying Absolutely. to cover it. So, I mean, they made a game out of it. I, I thought the Rams' offense looked great. Um, I thought the Rams' defense, you know, they, they, they went nose-to-nose with an, an up-and-coming offense. I'll say that. Okay. I think they're one guy short of being dominant. And that's the best Brian Hoyer I've ever seen. That might be the best Brian Hoyer you've ever seen. You've, you've known the guy since he was in diapers. Yeah, why well, not? <laughs> Something like when that. He was in diapers. <laughs> you changed his diapers. No, is that the story? No. No. Oh. Okay, the story is that our, our parents worked together. Our moms yeah. worked together. So he changed your diapers. Yeah, in theory. Like, I, don't, I don't recall ever meeting Brian Hoyer, but his mother did uh, give me juice and cookies when my mom would do nice, rounds. Nice. Uh, Brian Hoyer's mom was a nurse, and you know I would sit there at the, at the desk at the hospital, and she'd bring me nice Oh, that's food, cool. So. That's so, cool. Yes, that is. There's a connection there. There is a connection there, but nobody changed diapers. No changing diapers. Okay, but on the field, (laughs) look, after the first pick six, that should have been a pick six. Uh, Yeah. Not going to give anybody hell for being caught by a tight end. You get caught by a lineman, you got problems. Okay. You get caught by a tight end, that's okay. Well, right, and I mean, the way Nikel Roby was, Roby Coleman was moving, it's yeah, not yeah. like he didn't have to avoid that guy. That guy was still at the line It's of a nice play by the other guy. It is. But if it's Shoe a lineman, you'll never hear the end of it. Okay. Tight end, okay. Fine. But yeah, after that one almost pick six, mm-hmm. I thought Brian Hoyer picked it up and really gave the defense fits. Um, Pierre Garçon, if you think he's done, you're wrong. Yeah. That guy can play. So, yeah, tremendous effort, wild game. The Rams helped, but yeah, best Thursday night of all time. Uh, no question about yeah. that. I think it's the highest scoring Thursday night football game of all time. But you know what? A couple weeks ago, we talked about this with the Colts and how yeah. that was the first time a game had ever ended 46 to 9. Another one. Yeah. How does this keep happening? <laughs> I don't know. 41 to 39 is the first time that's ever happened in NFL history. Like, yeah. What? what 15,000 games again. Look, I don't care as long as you're on the winning side of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's crazy no, scores. Cool right. Way. Yeah, but we talked, you, you mentioned the offense, and, and I want to stay there because there's just so many good performances mm-hmm. um, from the offense in that game. I mean, only two punts, and they yeah. were excellent punts from yeah. Johnny Hecker. Shout out to him. Yeah. But it's nice that we don't really have to talk about him because the offense had scoring drives of eight plays, seven plays, nine plays, ten plays, and then seven plays. That's a lot of scoring drives. Yeah, it's, that's, that's a great job by the offense, first of all, staying on schedule not having a bunch of penalties mm-hmm. that ruin drives, and Jared Goff being efficient. Um, we talked about what he can do, what he can't do going into this year. The one thing he can do is run this offense. He the can. little stuff behind the scenes, the little ball fakes, the, the athleticism it takes to you know, fake here, wheel around, throw it here, on, you know, on target. I mean, that's, that's the mark of a good athlete. And a guy that has to know a lot more than everyone else on the football team. So uh, I think he's doing a great job. And, I mean, when you're having a guy like Todd Gurley, uh, pace the offense, um, running the football or catching it out of the backfield. It just makes things easier for everyone else. Staying on schedule, that's one of the biggest things mm-hmm. that the Rams have been able to do. Um, Bill Barnwell of ESPN tweeted this on Wednesday morning. The Rams are second in the league getting 7.64 yards on first down. So that tells you right there how you can stay ahead of the chains. Guys talk about that all the time. You know, I wish I could say that's all Jared Goff in the offense. I got to give a lot to Sean McVay. Oh, absolutely. That guy is so dialed in with whatever. Um, The thing I like um, most so far is you're still learning this offense. He's still teaching this offense to a group of men he just met not too long ago, right? Um, He's not freaking out if he has to take a timeout. 
mm-hmm. they're not lined up properly, if there's a mistake, he'll take that timeout early and just bring it to the sideline. Let's talk about it. It's no big deal. Some coaches, they, they, hate, they hang on to timeouts like they're money. Uh, sometimes you got to use that stuff right. in games. Uh, save yourself penalties, stay on schedule, keep everybody going in the right direction. Um, I think it's been great. But the play calling on first and second down, dynamic. It, it is. Yeah, dynamic. You're catching guys off guard, which is what you want. Well, that's why the Rams were able to get into third down situations that were so uh, that were so manageable for them. Mm-hmm. And as I turn to this page in front of me, I mean, they finished 8 of 12 on third down, 67%. That's really, really good. You know what that says to me as a defensive player? I am tired. <laughs> well, I yeah. can't get off the field. You if can't. you're 8 of 12, I can't get off the field. I can't get you to stop. True, but the Rams still ran 14 fewer plays yeah. than the 49ers. I mean, the 49ers finished 9 of 18 on third down, right. so that kind of tells you something there, too. And takeaways help that. Yes, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But um, if from my perspective right now, at least with this offense, it's nice to see that everything has a rhyme or reason and that everything feels dynamic. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And and you have to remember, and he's only a rookie, but Gerald Everett is a huge part of this offense. Yes. And you by if you watch the game, you can tell he wasn't a huge part of the game plan. Right. Which changes a lot. It so, does. Yeah, I mean when you when when you have all your weapons on the field or at your disposal if you're Sean McVay, yeah, you, you have no choice but to be dynamic. What can a defense throw at you that you can't counter? You've got Sammy Watkins, you've got Cooper Cup, you've got Robert Woods who outside of Andrew Whitworth might be my favorite guy on this football team the way he competes, Mm -hmm. the way he bounces back. And then you have Gerald Everett, which is a nightmare uh, for any opposing linebacker or safety. Oh, and and by the way, probably the best left tackle in the West. I'll just leave it there for now. I don't Mm want to go too far, but watching him on tape, I fall asleep. It's the same thing over and over again. Over I lock over you up. I throw again. you down. No one gets to the quarterback. Right. He's been tremendous. Yes, yeah. and that is that is obviously um, a huge part of what Jared Goff, I yeah. think, has been able to do. I mean, look, he completed uh, over 70% of his passes again. You know, he's gotten over 70% passing um, completion rate through three games this season, and I don't think anybody who watched last year would have predicted that coming into this no, year. No, he's got Willie Mays at receiver. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> Come on. That really helps. Yeah, you've got a guy that won't drop anything, a guy that can make a bad throw into a great throw. Mm-hmm. You know, in Cooper Cup and and, uh, and Sammy and Watkins. Sammy and you've got a guy that, that really wants to be the guy in Robert Woods. He really wants the football mm-hmm. all the time. He's always open. So... You've you've got to pick your poison scenario for Jared Goff. Well, Jared that's Goff. and that that's great with these weapons he's got like Watkins, Woods, mm-hmm. and Cup. You're, who are really effectively right now the top three receivers. Um, with that 47 yard deep ball, uh, I know that we've talked a bit about over the top shot. Yes. Yeah, yeah. With, with Goff, I think that was probably the best pass of his young career. I, I would say. Uh, Good pass, great adjustment by Sammy Watkins. Uh, yeah, it, it's, yeah. It, it was a great pass, I mean, and it um, might even be a better catch than it was a pass, I, you know? I would go that way. And as those two defenders, I mean, all you can do is stand up, dust yourself off, and go and tip, tip your cap. cap. I mean, wow, what a catch, what a throw. Yeah. I mean, it's in the right spot, and the guy had to make, like, two or three adjustments looking back over his shoulder twice to make a catch. So <laughs> The way he turned, yeah. you know, where you just see his yeah. eyes. And on the broadcast, I thought Mike Tirico did a great job yeah. of just pointing that out because, look, that's not easy to do no. in any sport. I mean, like I'll baseball, give you football, bucks. whatever it is. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you ten shots. I'll give you a hundred bucks if you catch one. I that same a, shot. I might be able to catch one. Okay, coming I soon. Can... <laughs> coming soon. He, he just said it. We're going to do I it. Said, I you said, heard that, right? I said might yeah. be able to catch one. Oh, no, he just went to Matt. Matt, yeah. you can talk now. 100 bucks. You heard it. $100 is on the line. I like it. All right, everybody, that's our producer, Matt. I've mentioned him before, but now he is not just yeah. a disembodied, you know, whatever. He's now got a microphone. We'll do so. it from 20 yards out. I, I just, we won't even make it a big catch. Just 20 yards out. I guarantee you, you won't catch it. I don't think I would catch it. I said I might be able to catch okay. one. All I need is one out of ten. One out of ten gets you 100 bucks. I don't think bucks. I could catch it. I don't think so either, if, but amazing, um, amazing. That's yes. like a welcome to the NFL moment. We all get it where mm-hmm. you see football at its best to where everybody's good. Yeah. If you're a corner and a safety and you see a guy make a throw and a catch like that, you, wow, this is the bigs. Well, look, the, the Rams had two wide receivers over 100 yards for the first time mm-hmm. in a game since 2006 with your old teammates, wow. Isaac Bruce 
and Tory Holt. That's, so that's, we're all gray. That's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> we're all gray now. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been since a while that yeah. happened. Yeah. And you know what? I think the nice thing about having Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods is they're used to being teammates, so they're kind of used to pushing each other. Yeah. But they almost had identical stat lines. I mean, aside from Sammy Watkins' two touchdowns, Woods had seven targets, six receptions, 108 yards. Watkins had seven targets, six receptions, 106 yards. That's, I mean, that's... That's what you want. Right. Yeah. It, there's there's a rivalry, but there is no animosity. Of course yeah, not. They're, because they're, they're all trying to get better. Yeah. yeah. Did you see uh, the sort of comments out of Buffalo where Sean McDermott, um, I think somebody must have asked him, like, mm-hmm. hey, did you watch Thursday Night Football? did you see what those two guys were doing and do you understand why fans would be frustrated with that yes what did he say well he said i mean i get it and we're very happy for sammy and we wish him nothing but the best yep yeah 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 yeah. that's what he says on the record Mm -hmm. yeah i wonder what he says off the record well it'd be interesting have you you can you imagine watching that game on thursday with andy dalton (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that that would have been an interesting thing. I mean, yeah. we did see Andy Dalton the week before, so on Thursday night. Right, football. picking himself up a lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think Andy Dalton, <laughs> this is the guy who's at left tackle right now. That's for the what Rams. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh, I exactly. Right. Now. Yes, I got it. Um, but I think when you talk about those acquisitions. A, credit to Les Snead and the yeah. personnel staff because they went out and they identified guys who would be good for this system and this offense and this defense, I think. And they've have and, and they been implemented in here, and, and now you see them excelling. No doubt. I mean, with every GM or anybody that acquires talent, um, there's going to be misses. Mm-hmm. There's going to be several misses. But as long as you hit and you hit big, yeah. uh, people tend to forget your misses. Um, Andrew Whitworth, worth every penny. Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge upgrade, really changed the offense. On and off the field. On and off the field. Aaron Donald and Todd Gurley. Just leave it there. Uh, those guys are really playing well right now and really giving you some some meaningful snaps, premium snaps, so they might make you forget about certain people that aren't here anymore. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yes, exactly. I, I know that some people like to harp on guys that aren't here anymore, but as long as you keep one, nobody's going to remember anyway. Nope. Yeah. And that's the, that's the biggest thing. Um, but let's go back to Jared Goff a little yeah. bit because right now he's number three in passer rating mm-hmm. um, at 118.2. He's behind only Alex Smith and Tom Brady. And Alex Smith has been off the charts this year yeah, for yes. the Kansas City Chiefs. My respect level grew for him. Really? Recently. Yeah, Why is Alex that? Smith. Eh, just, oh, with this is common? Just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It Me just too. grew. Yeah, big time. Same here. Okay. Um, but I, how much of this do you think is real? How much of it do you think is going to be a regression to the mean? Because, again, we it's small sample size. We've only been through three games with Jared. All of it. Um, I think it's all real. And this is what I thought Jared Goff would be. I mean, it's not something where you're going to measure number, yards, maybe touchdowns, touchdowns to pick ratio. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something I, I would look to Jared Goff to, to maximize. Completion percentage I think will be huge. But uh, passer rating, I think that's where he, he needs to stay. I think every quarterback needs to stay there. But he's never going to be a – strong arm, throw it down the field 60 times a game type guy. I mean, maybe towards the middle part or the end of his career as he gets stronger as a professional athlete, maybe you'll start to see more of those deep passes more frequently. Like Carson Palmer now. I've never seen Carson Palmer throw the ball better. Mm -hmm. Now, he took a beating, but Watching it come out of his hand, wow, it's got some zip on it. Reports of his demise were, I think, a little bit exaggerated. And he's older. He's been doing it a long time. Yeah. So if Jared Goff has a similar career path or stays in the league as long, I think he'll be that sort of guy. But uh-huh. right now, hit the open guy. Hit the open guy where he needs to have it so he can do something with it after the catch and just be a high percentage guy and let the touchdowns take care of themselves. So I think that's where his – skill set lies and I think that's where you can grow him as a quarterback well I think that the the offensive system right now is doing him a lot of favors mm-hmm. and I don't mean that to say Jared Goff is a game manager or this that or the third he's doing a good job of playing within this offense and doing what he needs to do within the scheme in order for things to operate properly yeah everybody has a job I mean if they're going to run a bootleg the offensive line has to sell run. Todd Gurley has had to set up that bootleg by running the football hard on right. first and second down or whatever series you have. And then when you call that play action, the defense has to buy it. So far, they're buying it. And yes. then Jared has to do his job, wheel out, and get the ball to the right guy. So the offense is functioning. You have to give credit to the offensive coaching staff for the way they've prepared these guys to play. Now, it's going to get tougher. Yes. Um, this, because as yeah. teams get more film, yes. then they're going to try to start taking things away from you. 
at, like this week, uh -huh. Rod Marinelli's defense will be experts on the Rams by the time you see them. Yeah. Their defensive front will be experts in what you do. They're going to they're gonna tell you what your tells are, the stuff you don't even know, just by the way they play and how they line up on you and what they try to do once the ball is snapped. So, yeah, there's a lot of film. There's a lot of data out there for people to analyze. So there's going to be some plays that you had success with that probably it's going to be tougher for you to get those yards with those same plays because they're going to know they're they're out there now. Right, and, but I, I want to go back to something you sort yeah. of mentioned um, with this the setting things up. Yeah. Um, one play that I thought was set up extremely well was that Tavon Austin touchdown that actually was not a touchdown. You the know, jet sweep. That, yeah, yeah, the yeah. jet sweep. I mean, they kept running that same sort of fake motion, fake motion, fake motion, and, you know, we saw this a few years ago, too, when in 15, Todd Gurley's rookie year, where you would maybe uh, fake it to Tavon but hand it off mm -hmm. to Todd. Now, I think that kind of thing is a little bit more effective because mm -hmm. you can do different things off of it, right? So you can pass it down the field, and oh, you've yeah. got guys who can catch it. You can hand it off to Todd, and, hey, maybe he goes for five yards. But the thing I liked about that play in particular was – you only had nine yards to get to the end zone. You've been faking it all night. And in that red zone, a lot of the time you think Todd Gurley's going to get the ball because you know he can be such an effective runner. And I just love that on first and goal, you get up to the line, Tavon goes in the fake, and then you hand it to him finally. And he was so close to getting in there. And if not for what was an illegal tackle, yeah, right. he would have gotten in. Um, how do we say this? Uh, there may be faster guys than Tavon Austin in the 40. I'm sure there are. There are mm -hmm. a few guys out there that are faster. Tavon is really, really fast. Yeah. But in a 10-yard area... I don't think there's anybody faster that can go from zero to 100. Yeah. I mean, he's not the biggest guy in the world, and he's competitive as all get out, and he's been running that play forever. So that end that they're they're playing football against, I like to say that, mm -hmm. uh, you have a choice or you have a responsibility when you have Tavon on the field with that jet sweep threat that you have to check that every single play mm -hmm. and then dive back down in case they give it off to the running back, give it off to Ty Gurley. So it's twofold. The minute you don't start checking and you start crashing down hard, then they give it off. Yep. And it's almost like a cat and mouse game, when to unleash the jet sweep, because the last thing you want is to give it off when that end is expecting it. Right. Yeah, because Tavon, I mean, look, he's a smaller guy he versus is. a bigger guy, he and is. he has to he cut is. it back inside. That's not what you want. But when it's deceptive and they're buying Todd Gurley's getting the football and forget about the jet sweep, boom, it's gone. Mm -hmm. And then if you give him a step, like we said, you're not going to get Tavon on the edge yeah. once he gets it. Yeah. yeah. And that's what makes him, I think, so effective in this offense in that kind of role. Everybody asks, what's the role for Tavon Austin? What's the role? That's it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes he's just going to be a decoy, but you have to, in order, in order for a play like that to work, like it did, you have to have him set things up. And Todd that, Gurley, I think, yeah. is something that McVay does really, really well. He sets the table. Todd Gurley is doing a great job in the phone booth. Uh -huh. I mean, meaning when you have him dead to rights or when the defense wins and they beat him to the spot, he's doing a good job of defeating that either one-on-one -on -one tackle or two-on-one. Uh, finding the crease, getting skinny in the hole, and breaking through and just forcing the entire defense to stop him. When right. you get that, that's when everything else opens up. Like I'll say this week versus a traditional 4-3, like the one you're going to see, that jet sweep, I would guess, is going to be big in the offense uh -huh. to pull that end off of the in the run game. Right. So either Tavon takes it or Todd Gurley takes it on the cutback. But versus a 4-3, that jet sweep is a killer. Okay. Well, the, the other thing I do want to hit on is just Todd Gurley and how effective he has been. Um, because right now he's number two in the league in yards from scrimmage, mm -hmm. only behind Kareem Hunt in Kansas City. And, you know, you talk about... Uh, Alex Smith doing things. I tweeted yeah. this on Sunday when I was watching that game um, against the Chargers, and like Kareem Hunt is just a disrespectful runner. I mean, <laughs> he comes in and he's looking to disrespect you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I, not that we need to preview the Chiefs or anything, but like they're they're fun to I watch. I know what right you now. mean, right? Yeah, but Todd Gurley, I mean, runs with that same kind of thing, right? You know, yeah. he's not he's not looking to just get out of the hole and get down. Like he's looking to either jump over you, but he's looking to get around you. He's looking to get yards, and he's done a really good job of it so far so this wait, year. So wait, back up. What's disrespectful running? Just so I'm, I'm clear. Disrespectful, it's just, it just means you I don't give... I won't let you hit me? No, it oh. means you don't give a bleep oh, about, okay. about who else is in there. Yeah. Violent running. Violent, I got you. disrespect. Okay. Like I Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch um, is the, the height of disrespectful running. McFadden, when he was healthy. Yes. Whenever that was. 
Yeah. 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 Uh, they, people thought Trent Richardson would be a great disrespectful runner because he wasn't college. I see what you mean. Derrick Henry. I, I, yeah, yes, a, a guy that's bringing it down. I guess. I guess people have I, other terms. No, for I like. This it. I like disrespectful I, runner because that's exactly what it is. Right. He has no respect for you at all. Yes. Yeah. He's and, going to dip on you. Marshawn Lynch has zero respect for you. Right. Yeah. I, you I, saw I see that what you against, mean. Uh, well, who, they were playing Tennessee. Darrell Casey. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes Casey. Well, yeah. Yeah. That was disrespectful. <laughs> oh yeah. Big time. Anyway. Did I ruin the mic? No, no, I'm good. Okay. No, Mike is good. Speak. I'm not used to being a part of the show. Look at this guy. I know. <laughs> Matt, it's okay. We want you to be a part of it. Like, Matt does such a good job. It's not even his voice, right? Come on, speak. And he's trying to get his deep radio voice on. I like this. It's only because I'm close to the microphone. There we no, go. Okay. okay, there we go. That sounds more like Matt. Um, but, yeah, Todd Gurley, though, number yeah. two in yards from scrimmage. He's got 381, tied for the league lead with six total touchdowns right now. This is the Todd Gurley you drafted at number 10 overall Yes, for this purpose. This I is think. what you thought he was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's what's happening through the air with him, I, I think, is um, it, it's, it's eye-opening. It, it's amazing oh, what yeah. he can do. Um, and I've seen running backs like this before, and they usually come in West Coast offenses. Uh-huh. Guys, you just can't take away. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you're, if you load the box and stop the run, they're still a part of the game plan through the air. So it's, it's a full-time job trying to get him down. And as long as you don't turn the ball over and the defense does their job, uh, you know, stopping the, the other team's offense, Todd Gurley is effective for four straight quarters. And I don't care who you are, eventually you're going to wear down. You are. Yeah, he's a big guy that can move. And that's what we saw against San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the fourth quarter, he had that 29-yard run. Then he gets yeah. another 20-yard run to ice the game yeah. um, after Aaron Donald's sack. And, but you also have him as this receiver, and Jared Goff talked about this after the game. Uh, I think it was, what, a 27-yard catch he had on mm-hmm. third and 10 there in the fourth quarter. It set up um, one of the last scores, and it, it's a check down play. But what Goff was saying is that it's so comforting when everything is sort of going on down the field. People are covered, and then you're like, oh. Well, there's Todd Gurley. He's got space in front of him. We're going to get a first down. Run out. Yeah. Yeah, just flip it out there. Just dump it out there. Todd's going to make a play. And he did. I mean, I don't know how he got out of that situation where I think there were, what, three, four 49ers around him on that particular play, and somehow he still is able to bounce it out over to the right and get some more yards and get down the field. Well, I mean, I I would – as a defender, I wouldn't want to take on Todd Gurley if I had five guys with me when he's got enough space to make people miss. Yeah. Because he can make two guys miss and run through a third. Mm-hmm. Um, he's dynamic. We, we've seen this before, but my, my memory doesn't go back that far, but I can remember games where he was taken out of the game plan in the first quarter, where it's just over. The whole game plan is to run the football with Todd, and then by score, by what have you, it's just that game plan is out. What, you mean most of the 2016 See, season? it doesn't go back that far. Oh, okay. That's what I'm trying Sorry. to say. But now, <laughs> now. <laughs> I get it now. He, he's you, viable for four at? straight quarters, right, yes. which makes him twice as effective. Right. Well, yes. and that's more. I wasn't trying to throw anybody under the bus, but Miles seems to not care. No, I'm not throwing anybody <laughs> under the bus. I'm just, I'm stating facts, right? Right. Facts are facts. Right. There are times, I mean, look, I, we can go He's back on to the 20, fact bus. We can, I am. We can go back to 2015, and, and I think of things like that, right? Like when uh, they were in Minnesota, and they were at the Gophers Stadium right. um, in 2015, and it goes to overtime after Greg Zerline does a great job, and he, and he ties the game from like 60 yards out or whatever it was. But first play, you knew, I knew, Everybody in the freaking stadium. He's getting the ball. Todd was getting the ball on first down. <laughs> and probably knew the play. Right. Yeah. And he did, and they got him back there for a four-yard loss. Guess who else knew it? What? Minnesota. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Minnesota knew. So yeah. that that's why these things, you know, sometimes right. are ineffective. But I think what Sean McVay has done is shown that, okay, look, Todd can get the ball here, but he can also get it on a screen. He can also get it in a swing route. Mm-hmm. Maybe they line up Todd on the outside and, and he can do something there. He's really become a dual threat running back. Right. And it also helps when you have receivers that can pull yes. the secondary out of there so you yes. can swing it out yes. to him in space. So it's it's all working together. I, I'm glad that you know Todd survived his formative years uh, enough to where they can build around him and you get to see what he can really do in the NFL. Well, everybody, I mean, they've talked about for a long time Todd Gurley being the the focal point, the centerpiece of the offense. This is the year where it's really coming to fruition, and he can become the centerpiece of the offense like he has because 
they're doing things that are effective with him both in the run and the pass game. Yeah, the guys that you may see in the end zone. I mean, if this thing keeps growing, let's, let's just jump to the positive. Uh, Sammy Watkins could score. Cooper Cup could score. Robert Woods can score. I mean, from anywhere on the field. But the guy that's really killing you is going to be Todd Gurley. It better be. He's the guy that's keeping you off balance or keeping you honest defensively. That's going to give you that man coverage to allow those guys to be effective down the field or uh, to be a zone buster. Mm -hmm. uh, when you try zone, okay, these receivers are killing us. Let's zone this off. Well, he's going to run through that too. Right. He changes a lot. As long as he keeps chipping in and really punishing the defense and making them stay honest, I think everything else around him will start to grow. Well, what I loved was after that first interception, it took one play to get into the end zone. Yeah. You're on the three-yard line. It's a sudden change. Give it to Todd. Boom, you're, you're there. And um, John Sullivan, center, I thought had a great block on that. And, and that, I think, tells you sort of the way the offensive line was going. It's unfortunate that right now we don't necessarily know Sullivan's status heading into Sunday at Dallas. Yeah. Very important piece to that offensive Austin line. Austin Blythe played pretty well. Yes. And he that's played really say. well. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they gave him a game ball after the game for yeah. his efforts. Jared Goff talked about it, said that everything in the, the offensive operations still ran smoothly, even with Austin Blythe in there. So that, I think, is something. But, look, I, you still, when you're on the one-yard line, and they had a couple opportunities down there, mm -hmm. you got to get those blocks in order to get Todd Gurley in there. If there's one improvement I would like to see from the offensive line, it would be that. Those combo blocks down there, I mean, I have to give Roger Saffold credit too. Mm -hmm. um, I do watch him on the goal line because he seems to be like a goal line specialist. He loves those doubles, and he'll drive a guy into the end zone and then celebrate. <laughs> yeah, so there's two celebrations going on. There's Roger over here fist bumping because he just buried a guy, and then there's the touchdown celebration over there. So you have to give credit to the, the bigs up front. But, yeah, um, we talked about Jermon Brown in a phone booth. Mm -hmm. I mean, once he gets a hold of you and starts to drive, um, there are not a lot of guys out there that can resist. Uh, Rob Havenstein, huge when he starts coming downhill. And then, oh, by the way, Todd Gurley is – Huge, yes, coming behind that with a full head of steam. So, yeah, you would expect a team with a line that's set to be as physical as they are and a running back like that to be effective around the goal line. And that's what it's got to be. Um, so, as we sort of reset here, looking at the defense, um, I guess the biggest question is, what happened there? Which part? Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, you allowed a team that hadn't scored a touchdown in its first two games to score 39 points. We we talked about Brian Hoyer and how he looked. Um, let me see. T.Y. Well, Hilton. Hilton was tremendous, but T.Y. Hilton was hamstrung with, you know, not having a quarterback. Um, Washington just ran the ball down your throat, so that's a little bit different. Yeah. But, I mean, Pierre Garçon and a, a Brian Hoyer who looked like he wanted to go back to the Pro Bowl or go, go to the playoffs and to the Pro Bowl, I mean, it's going to give anybody fits. Mm -hmm. With a real good offensive plan, game plan, you they have did. to give them a lot of credit. Yeah. So um, I thought the defense gave as good as it got. Um, you can't take any, anything away from the 49ers. I thought they had a great game plan and they, played they hard. They did. They did. Carlos Hyde can bring it. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not trying to take anything away from the 49ers. Joe Staley was one of the best in the game not too long ago. Yes, yeah. and that battle between him <laughs> yeah. and Robert Quinn, I, I think we can Tremendous. say Joe Staley won that, yeah. right? Because that's um, the way these things turned out. But my thing is, look, when we look at the Rams and the 49ers, the last four matchups have been basically turning those quarterbacks into Joe Montana. True. So I don't know what it is about these two teams when they get together, what, what the quarterbacks, you know, just their eyes get big. I, I don't know. But I think my, my point is there are just a lot of things that the Rams have to sure up before this next contest. I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I, you have to factor in takeaways, too. I mean, the defense was going back on the field. Um, I'll give the defense – this is what, to me, they need to clean up. Some of those long first drives that mm -hmm. wear you out, yeah. that, will, that will take – some energy and effort away from the fourth quarter. You've yes. got to be better earlier in games Yes. Um, to be better later in games. Uh, and if you don't take the ball away, look, you might be rushing the passer for the, the last two and a half quarters of that football game, and then it's completely different. But as is, taking uh, the 49ers doing what they do best, or not doing what they do best, but doing a great job of taking the ball away, kept them in the ball game and kept it a slugfest for four quarters. Well, that I mean, we can go here, too. I mean, the special teams, I think, there are just some sort of uncharacteristic things that are going on right now. I mean, you mentioned off the top, you know, the fumble with Farrah Cooper. That was a good really hit. good play. That was, that was a really yeah. good play. And I, I spoke to Farrow about that, and he said, you know, you're, you're bringing the ball out, and you don't, you see him, and you try to brace, and then he just puts his helmet right there on the ball, and the ball falls out. That, that, to me, is a really good play. But 
At the same time, you've got an offsides penalty mm -hmm. on the first drive that were, excuse me, well, it was the second drive. I forgot mm -hmm. about Mikel's uh, touchdown or on near touchdown. But uh, when that happens, you're putting the defense back on the field, and it is effectively a sudden change because yes. it's gone from fourth and three to first and ten. And so they weren't expecting to go back on the field, and then yes. Brian Hoyer get breaks contained, and he's able to get into the end zone, and it's their first touchdown. And then you have another muffed punt by Tamon Austin, and these things cost the Rams effectively 17 points. It also costs you time on the sideline to make yes. adjustments. Yes. Yeah, I mean, against a guy like Sean McVay on the other side who knows how to game plan, who knows how to manipulate defenses. So you lose that time on the sidelines getting valuable information about how to stop this offense, and the sudden change part of it is always going to be rough. Mm -hmm. uh, you're running out. You're trying to get the call. You're trying to reconcile what the hell just happened and then having to play football on top of that. So, yeah, I mean, look, high-speed collisions on kickoff are not uncommon. Uh, it's not for <laughs> the faint of heart. Common, yes. um, and look, I'll give them credit for a good hit, but you've got to hang on to the football in, yes. the, in that scenario. Yes. I mean, I think yes. he knows that. Farrell Cooper does. definitely knows that. Yes, and I, I like to add that he, when we were, when Farrell and I were talking, he says, you know, I take full responsibility for yeah. that. Those points were on me because I, I'm the one who dropped the football. So and and Tavon Austin that. too um, yeah. can't have it. No, you you just cannot have that. You can't. Right. Um, even if a guy is dynamic and can take the top off of a defense or lightning in a bottle if you can't trust him to field a punt you can't put him out there exactly you, you really can't yes that's a problem and, and it is a problem oh, look i don't necessarily expect them to make any changes at punt returner for this week oh no no, but no not at all if there are more problems i think it's a fair question to ask he's built up a lot of credit to yes. this point oh for but, sure but i mean you lose some on mm -hmm. stuff like that so I, I wouldn't say it's time to yank but i mean you're getting closer hey look we need someone that can field punts. We're going to be in tight ball games. We're going to, we need to make sure we field these things. Yeah. 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 Um, but when it comes to the defense, I mean, giving up over 400 yards to, to another team, that's mm -hmm. not something you ever want. Do you think that the adjustment to Wade Phillips' system is something that's just taking time here? Um, yes and no. Um, I, I think it's more of 99 learning to play within this system. Uh -huh. It's a little more strict than you're used to. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of guys. Mm -hmm. um, even if the guys that have been here through training camp and through preseason, um, they're making mistakes in, in, gap, in gap soundness. Yes. And, and teams are taking advantage. So you have to play it strict. When you play it right, there's nowhere for the ball to go. Right. Uh, if you try to do someone else's job, well, there's going to be a hole out there. That's just the way it goes. So, yeah, I mean, same with Sean McVay and the offense. They're still learning this defense. Mm -hmm. They're still learning about – the calls, the terminology, the philosophy, and why he's calling what he's calling and what he needs you to do in certain situations. So, I mean, this is an ongoing process. I, I don't expect him to be letter perfect this early. I don't really either. Um, and people keep later, asking. Yeah, yes. later, absolutely. Yes. But not yes, this yes, early, yes, no. Yes, yes. We're still a, in September. Right. We are still in September, A. And then, B, you know, we talked about this before. The Rams didn't have their first team defense together, and you can really say until week two, mm -hmm. once Aaron Donald got back. But even in week one, there there hadn't been that kind of prep time on yeah. the field in preseason because they didn't play together. I get that, and I'm with that. And what I noticed when I watch is I don't see a lot of guys getting beat physically. That's bad. Okay. When you see guys that are doing it right and they're just getting mauled yeah. and the offense is still producing. Um, what I see when the offense does make big plays, it's some sort of mistake, some sort of I'm out of alignment, I'm a little bit lost here, and – we didn't cover this guy, or we missed here, or we missed a gap there, and then they hit it. But rarely do I see a guy or in a Rams uniform so far this, this season just get mauled mm -hmm. or just get killed. Even um, Tremaine Johnson, when he got beat over the top by Pierre Garçon, that's all he got. Yeah. I mean, he's going to make plays over your shoulder. That guy is that good. He but is. it was catch, boom, ground. Right. And the defense lines up again to play again. So, I mean, even that I can live with. You don't see guys just getting absolutely killed right. in the interior or on the outside. Well, the thing that I, that stands out to me, too, right now is, okay, the Rams got four sacks, but on long plays like that one that you just mentioned mm -hmm. um, from Hoyer to Garcon down the field for 59 yards, you're not getting that much of a pass rush. And people always talk about rush and cover going hand in hand. Mm -hmm. I would like to see a little bit more pressure put on quarterbacks. You know, I, I thought the pressure was – 
okay in certain situations. Look, you're not going to be able to get there all the time. Fair. And you're going to expect your corners and safeties to make plays. They get right. paid too. Yes, Some of them get do. paid more than you. Mm -hmm. And they've got to make plays. So it all goes hand in hand. But I thought there was good pressure on Hoyer. Yeah. Um, I thought the, uh, the rough in the passer on Aaron wow. Donald. What was that about? Um, well, it's today's NFL. And Aaron knows when you, you can't put your whole body weight on a quarterback. You know that. Uh, but – you you but know what that. is but what is the penalty right like that the, my question about that was and I think that was when um, what's his name's uh, I can't remember the official's name but it, when his mic was basically off yeah yeah and so my question was okay did they see a blow to the quarterback's head did no he it was body drive weight. him to the ground yeah like that's that's the explanation I wanted on that call because if there's a call like that and it is that consequential in the game especially because after um, they reviewed the play. And it was a completed catch. That gets them what forty-five yards yeah. down the field, right? On one thing, and that that I think just needed a little more explanation. If you've got that shot, and I think he knows, every defensive lineman or anybody that rushes a passer knows, if you've got a shot like that, you have to fall off to one side or the other, or at least look like you're trying to, or put out the landing gear, put your arms out, and just try to take your body weight off that quarterback. If you Wrap, hold on, and drive him to the deck. More often than not, he's going to drop the flag. And more but often than not, he's going to be right. Is that is putting your body weight on the quarterback, is that now a foul? Oh, yeah. That's that's a point of emphasis. They don't want you landing on these guys. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, that's if it's a, what if, the roughing passer is. If it's, and that's a sack, think... if it's a sack, yes. But if, it's, okay. if the ball is gone, and the official usually says, ball is gone, then you got to put the landing gear out. Okay. Yeah. And that's where I think the sort of confusion is because if yeah. you see it on social media, I mean, when that play happens, but he's like, well, what is that? Why is that a 15-yard penalty? If that's the case, then that's something that Aaron Donald has to be aware of and he's got to be able to do better. Oh, he knows. I yeah. mean, but sometimes you just can't resist. Of course. Sometimes it's worth 15. <laughs> Absolutely. On that particular play, yeah. probably not. Oh, my God. Uh, well, yeah. But um, I think um, I, I want to ask you this, though. When you were a player, did you relish that kind of shot? Absolutely. I, it was worth the 10 grand. <laughs> yes, sir. Absolutely. They would still find you even uh, in your era. I, I say your era as if, like, yeah. you're so much older than me. But, I mean, it, the game is different than it was in the 90s. If, a roughing like is a roughing. I mean, if it's if it's egregious, they're going to find you and they're going to flag you and but find that, you. But was that really still roughing when you played? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. I feel like it wasn't, it was but Steve I don't know. Young. Okay. And, and they were killing us, Steve and I was real frustrated. <laughs> and so yeah. you just had to go get it. And Ray it. Brown, his guard was holding me. Yeah, so you, it was worth the ten grand. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to drive his ear right into the dirt. <laughs> what, what is one memorable thing that you where you drew somebody into the dirt and then you got a letter from him? I got fined $7,500 for, for drilling Jim Kelly <laughs> at home um, at, in St. Louis. Drilled him, absolutely bashed him, and I got hurt. <laughs> I hurt my neck, and he was laughing on the way down. Right, yeah, yeah. So I get fined and hurt, and he's laughing. Yeah, that sucked. Did you lose the game? <laughs> Yo, uh, I think we beat Buffalo that day. Oh, there we I go. think we beat Buffalo well, that day. Well, at least you uh, won, so you had see. reason to smile. Yeah, we, I got caught in the K-gun. Um, have you ever heard of the K-gun? The, the Jim Kelly gun? Is it, that what that it's means? It's the hurry-up offense, oh, where okay. he's like what Peyton Manning was doing. Right, yes. He was doing, okay. but going a thousand times faster. Oh, with a Hall of Fame running back, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was dangerous. And an all Fame wide receiver. Right? Oh, my God. Yeah. It, yeah, I got caught in the K-gun. It was dangerous. It's a shame that they never won a Super Bowl, I think. I don't know. I mean, you know, you go to the so you go to so many straight. You got one job. You're, you're talking about kickers. Ki yeah, you got one Kick job. Yeah, yeah. Kick the ball. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of kickers, uh, shout out to the Eagles guy, right? 61 yarder to How win. How about that? That was cool. Not bad. Yeah. Why are we shouting him out though? I don't know. Just we're talking about kickers. Why, why is that helping us? If it, it doesn't, but if oh. kickers, if you don't like talking about kickers. If you say you have one job, he, he went out and he did his job. 61. Yeah. Yeah. He hit that one. What about the other two? Did he miss? Yeah, yeah. In that? Oh, yeah. Uh, I was not watching. that game, but he missed before. Yeah. Oh, well, anyway, was, you got I, one job. I don't know. I don't watch the Eagles. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this though: it was kind of neat having a Sunday off. Yeah. It, I was just watching um, Red Zone channels. Mm. We keep doing shout outs. Shout out to Andrew Siciliano, our buddy. Yeah. Um, who who does that for Directv? Weird and, now watching. Why? Because you know him. No, there's more excitement for the national anthem than the game. Oh, yeah, that was that was something. I mean, I, I got to watch. I went to a couple of sports bars with friends uh -huh. and just, you know, mingling, just right. being a fan for once. And the national anthem starts and people stop and they're all looking up. Yeah, because they want to see what's going on. And then the game starts 
and they sit down and they talk to each other again. Really? Well, wait, this is backwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is kind of backwards. Yeah. But um, just watching the end of the 1 o'clock Eastern games, those games were great, man. Yeah, all of them. They were really good. Tremendous. That was yeah. really fun. Um, that call in Falcons-Detroit, um, though, I don't know, man. I, I thought Golden Tate I thought got he got in. in there. I really did. Yeah, yeah. Because I he got it, in. Because when, to me, when his knee went down, they hadn't touched him yet. That's what I thought. But... I don't know. I, what do I know? I'm just a lowly Rams. Sometimes uh, replay just it makes you feel like maybe I didn't see what I saw. Yeah. 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 Because I thought he got in. Even via replay, mm -hmm. it looks like he got in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, <laughs> but I bring that up because and you're gonna laugh at me for this. Why? Golden Tate is on my fantasy team. <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> That's a fine. <laughs> That's a, That's a fine. I won my. That's I, a fine. I know, especially as a person who rails against. Yes. Face, that's why it's funny. Almost got in a fight at a tailgate. I did not because somebody brought up fantasy fight. football, and now he's playing. Oh my gosh. No, but that my image of you is blown. I know, but when, I, when you referenced that, like that was not somebody getting. Miles hurt. was getting ready to throw hands. I was not getting ready. He to was throw getting hands. ready to throw hands. I was frustrated yes. because somebody got hurt in a football game. We were watching at and this they tailgate, brought up fantasy, and they brought up fantasy. Right. And I don't think that's very appropriate. Can't beat him, join him, right, Miles? Something like that. <laughs> I don't know. But fantasy is one of these things that, that people love. Hey, it um, helps. It's helping the league. So it good. is helping yeah. the league. Um, so that is a good thing. Um, but let's turn it this week uh, to Dallas. The yes. Cowboys played, I thought, pretty well on Monday Night Football. You get to do a little TV scouting. Um, and Dak Prescott, man, he can throw the ball. Yeah, he can. Um, He's got Jason Witten. He, he's got the the base the best safety blanket out there in the league. Yeah. Uh, when in doubt, throw it to old man Witten. He's mm -hmm. going to be there. Um, Zeke Elliott, look, is is at some point is really going to start to get going. Um, <laughs> you start to see you know signs of it, uh -huh. uh, like last week Arizona. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll have him stymied. You'll have him stuffed, and then he rips off a thirty yard run yep. or a fifteen yard run. Yep. So. Um, once he gets going, rolling ball of butcher knives. And the first thing <laughs> that's that Sam Rogers' nickname. Well, that's that's an old name, rolling ball of butcher knives. <laughs> that's not just Sam Rogers. Oh, uh, but, I'm telling no, Sam Rogers. But I remember the, the last thing we talked about. I think was it you or Maurice Jones Drew? We talked about uh, when we were sitting in Levi Stadium. Uh, the first thing San Francisco is going to try to do is get Carlos Hyde onto uh, uh, Nikel Roby, uh -huh. uh, smaller guy on a big guy. Yeah, um, guaranteed. That's what Dallas is going to try to do. Yes. Yeah, they're they're going to try to do the same thing. Block the safeties. Let the bigger running back, you know, feast on the smaller corner. You mm -hmm. can't do it out the other way because twenty two will hit you. But right. uh, you, you feel like you can make some money there. So um, they can run the ball. Dak Prescott is doing what he's doing because of the run threat. Right. Yeah. I mean, you have to give them man coverage. You have to load the box against that line, against that running back. Well, the other thing he's doing, I mean, he had some rollouts plays, a couple of them to, to Butler mm -hmm. to his right, that he made throws that I call Aaron Rodgers throws mm -hmm. because you're on the run and you're just sort of, it looks like you're kind of heaving the ball up there, but you do it so accurately yeah. that there are just not many guys in this league who can make throws like that? It's one of those where you have to rewind and say, was that luck? Nope, that's just him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, running right, sprinting towards the sideline, and can throw on a on a rope into the end zone or beautiful. right to the sideline, it's right beautiful. on the money. Yeah, tremendous. It really is. Yeah. And I think, but it starts, I think you're right, with that run game and him selling that run action because that allows him to get out on the outside where he may not be able to if you don't have that run game because you don't have that run threat of Zeke just going. On those cold plays where he is booting, he's dangerous. But even on when the play breaks down, um, what did I watch? I watched them versus Denver. Von Miller was just feasting. Yeah. Uh, just absolutely killing him. I mean, he's only been sacked four times. That's great. But he's been hit a ton. Sure. But it never seems to bother him. Mm -hmm. And the more you hit him, the better he starts to play, which is the opposite. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, maybe because of his athleticism, how young he is right now, but the more he gets harassed in the pocket, the better he plays in the football game. Yes. So you're never going to be out of it, or you're ne you'll never be able to take him out of a game. You can't. And I think, just thinking back to the 2016 draft, and you know, a lot of people talked about this after the season, you know, if you go back, how, where does Dak Prescott go? Mm -hmm. And I always wonder... If he slid as far as he did in the draft, I mean, A, he had um, the off-field issue. Uh, I believe it was a DUI arrest mm. that, that that happened, um, you know, in the lead-up to the draft. But 
you also just have a guy who didn't play in a pro-style offense. And if he played in a pro-style offense, how good would he, do you think he would have been in college? I, I, I have no idea. And, and Maybe Jameis Winston good? Yeah, That was well, a pro-style offense. Right, because yeah. it just seems like sky is the limit for this guy the well, way he's playing. There's not much he can't do. Right. I mean, he can make all the throws. You hear every coach say that. But, I mean, he can throw the deep ball. No, he really can't he, make he all the throws. He can get the, the screens out quick. Uh, the swing-out passes are right on the money where, where they need to have it. Uh, he's good on the run. And, you know, in the zone read concepts I mean he's dangerous you mm -hmm. just saw that yeah. so I mean there's almost nothing you can't do with him right what about Des Bryant um obviously this I, I think is going to be a game where we won't always see this and mm -hmm. I guess there's only a three-game sample size but Tremaine Johnson might be shadowing Des Bryant around the field how is that matchup going to shape up? That's going to be fun. I mean, from a trash talk standpoint. Oh, God, yes. I, I'm, thank God I'm on the sideline. <laughs> yeah. Um, when they share the field, it gets real, man. Oh, oh my does. God, it gets were, real. You were there when, yeah. uh, a couple years ago in Oxnard. The, far, the fight. Yeah, yeah. well, it's... It was there were a lot of things going on that day, but I, I saw where I saw where the whole thing started. Look, Des Bryant <laughs> was not practicing. Yes, he was standing there and he wanted to get in because he and Tremaine just kept going back and forth and back and forth. Because nobody could beat Tremaine that day, right? And Tremaine was not shy about letting them know that. No, yeah. he was not. And so, like, I remember Jason Garrett literally having to say, "Des, just get back." Right. Because Des was trying to line up and go in, and he was not practicing. I don't even think he had a helmet. I would guarantee you this week, Coach Garrett's not going to say, Des, get back. <laughs> not this week. No, no, no. No. This is going to be this is going to be fun. Yeah. I'm excited for this matchup. But when you have some things written down, um, and I know about their run game and yeah. how to contain that, what, what do you think? Are you reading my notes? You told me this before we were going to go on the air. No, that's how you got through school. That is rude. <laughs> wow. I'm kidding. Man. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, I'm my kidding. goodness. No. I'm just trying to make sure we have a good show. Make sure that, you know, you make notes. These and are my notes. Happen. And you read my notes. I'm not you, reading your notes. You told me. Stick to that, your side of the All right. Building. You know what? Never See? mind. That's Never why mind. he asked me, was I left-handed? Because he can read my notes. Wow. That's why he sat over there. Okay. No. Anyway. No. Yeah. Just... <laughs> Just a, a three-game breakdown, the thing I did notice, if you control the A-gaps, if you control the center, you can control Zeke Elliott. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much the same for almost any running back, but especially this guy. Uh, if they can't get that A-gap, if they can't get that nose tackle and that Mike linebacker taken care of, then you can flatten out Zeke Elliott. And right. that's what you want. You yeah. want that big guy heading east and west. Uh, if he's allowed to go north and south in a hurry, mm -hmm. uh, I don't care who you are or who you have at linebacker. Yeah. Eventually, he's going to make you miss or run you over. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just how good they are. So if you control Frederick in the middle, you have a better chance of controlling their run game, controlling Zeke. And that's true. Um, offensively, what do you think the Rams have to do to sort of keep Demarcus Lawrence off balance? Because that guy, I mean, he was wrecking shop against Arizona, now leads the league with six and a half sacks. Well, you know, I'd be smart about that. Um, when a guy has a game like that, his confidence is going to be sky high. Now, remember, just this is for Rams fans and me and you, Arizona was down two linemen, their left tackle and their right or left guard. So they were shorthanded. Demarcus Lawrence, you know, picked apart some guys that were really struggling. Mm -hmm. uh, Carson Palmer, I thought, played pretty well, uh, considering all the pressure he had on him. But yeah. Demarcus Lawrence is going to be sky high. He, he thinks he can beat anybody in the world. So I would be smart about that. I would definitely attach a tight end or a back to that side just to chip or to check early. Right. Now, if your tackles are having a good day and they're locking him up, go ahead and run the whole offense. Mm -hmm. But just to make sure this guy is not going to wreck your day because – he ruined anything Arizona wanted to do, tried to do, or could do in yeah. that football game. No, he yeah, he just took over the entire game, uh, entire series. So make sure that doesn't happen again. Tremendous player. So make sure I'd send a tight end or, or a back to that side just to check and make sure he's not on fire. Who else kind of scares you defensively for them? Um, for the same reason, Steven Paella, uh -huh. the, the nose tackle. Um, I played with his cousin. His, really? Yeah, Chris Mamalanga. Oh. The most intense guy on the planet. How so? Give me a story. Um, you ever approached a pit bull that you didn't know? No. Not crazy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Same guy. Um, but his cousin plays with that same sort of fire. Okay. Um, and he's a nose tackle. And I believe he's a 500, close to 600-pound bencher. Oh, my. Very, 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 Whoa. very strong. He's tough to move out of that Yo. gap. He just refuses to move. He's, he's a stubborn stump in the Ooh. middle. 
So same with Zeke Elliott, same with Todd Gurley. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got to get some push up front to get him going, to give him some space. So if that doesn't happen, you're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, and then Sean Lee, uh, the middle, the weak side linebacker, um, about as dialed in as any linebacker in the business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he's very smart in the classroom. He's very smart on the field, and it seems like he's faster than what he is because of how smart he is. He's going to be to the hole before the back. So. Mm -hmm. He's tough to block. Jalen Smith, um, their middle linebacker, yeah. what a great story that is that yeah. he has been able to come back because after he was injured in that Fiesta Bowl uh, against Ohio State at Notre Dame, it seemed like there was question whether or not he would ever be able to play football in the mm -hmm. first place. So, I mean, it's just a nice story that he has been able to come back and play. Watching him, I love because it's the throwback. Um, when they, Whenever a team goes two back against them and they run that lead, some linebackers will turn. Um, they'll try to find a way to make that a glancing blow. Um, he doesn't. Mm. He just runs right through it. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he will face mask you to death. Um, so, tremendous player. I think that sort of ability, that sort of demeanor, coupled with Sean Lee on the weak side, makes them tough. And with this Rod Marinelli defense. Like we said, tried and true, 4-3 defense, that's won a Super Bowl. That's that's been featured in many Super Bowls, but definitely won one. With the right guys, that defense is just lights out. All right. Well, before we get out of here, any good stories of playing Dallas, beating Dallas? Um, I Well, I only played them once there, and it was the old stadium, yeah. and I heard about the crown on the field. Um, the crown on the field. Because this is when Emmett Smith was, you know, when he ruled the planet, and they mm -hmm. had a big offensive line, kind of like what they had now, but this line was big and just vicious. And they said the crown on the field. Um, was so high that you wouldn't believe it. So I'm sitting on the sideline, and I'm looking across, and I'm looking at Emmett Smith, and I can only see from his thigh pads up. That's how high the crown on the field was. Oh, so whenever so they run the, the ball. The crown on the field is yes. in, like, how high the field rises. So they're always running downhill at you. Oh. It, it's just, I was like, oh, my God, this, this is huge. This shouldn't be legal, but we're in Dallas. So that's number one. Huh. Yeah, number two, um, touching Troy Aikman. Was an honor. <laughs> <laughs> it was an honor. It was an absolute honor to get through that line and actually touch the goal. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. That was fun. And then at the end of the game, after the game, um, Michael Irvin, a friend of mine, mm -hmm. but we weren't friends then. We were competitors. But that was the first time an opposing player came into our locker room to look for a friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know you're good when you can do that. Wow. Yeah. 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 Okay. And no one said boo. Because it's yeah. Michael Irvin. It's Michael Dallas. Irvin, yeah. Okay. No, <laughs> right. That's fun. It should be a fun weekend um, in Dallas. I'm looking forward to going. It's my first time at that stadium. Yeah, have a steak. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Well, You're in we'll, Texas. Come on. We're going to go get steak then. You have a steak. Why can't you have a steak? I'm not having a steak with you. You're going to have a steak You're with me. You're right off my nose. All right, everybody. <laughs> thanks so much for tuning into this edition of Between the Horns. For DeMarco Farr, for my producer Matt, I'm Miles Simmons. We'll see you next week. Don't let